What is up, Sean Dizzle? What is up, Mikey Hizzle? More technical difficulties arised. Yeah. Arose. Well, this time it was just a simple restart the computer. You know what? Those damn tech support people have it right, as annoying as they are. Every fucking time I call tech support at work, the first thing they say is, did you restart your computer? So. And you say. Yeah, like six times. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. But it's all good. Happy recording day. Happy recording day, bro. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. been editing video most of the day so nice been staring at the screen um it's not good for your eyes no it is not speaking of eyes i've been looking at a computer all day myself time for me to take my glasses off Ugh. Ugh. terrible man i gotta say our last episode with laurel Mm -hmm. was probably to date, my favorite so far. Yeah. Good old 51. Yeah, it was pretty good for me, too. That was um, the best three-way I ever had. <laughs> the best I ever had. The best I ever had. <laughs> you the best, Laurel. You to you the best. You to you the best. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good, man. Um, I can't wait to hear it post-editing. It should be pretty live, pretty fun. Oh, it will be. I'm sure you'll work it out just fine. Hey, a random little thing going on today. I like random things. So, I know this is going to come out like one, maybe even two weeks after we record it, but that's because we like to stack a few when we can. Stacking bread, baby. And uh, anyway, today, Google is remembering, let's see if I can get this guy's name right. Good luck. Georgius mm-hmm. Pananikalua. Pananikalua. <laughs> Sorry, dead guy, for not knowing how to pronounce your name. But What is it, his 136th birthday or something like that? Yeah, man. Yeah. Who was that guy? And uh, Well, from what I've read, he's the inventor of the pap smear and an early cancer detection guy. And he, like, pioneered some shit for that, which is kind of cool, obviously. So he's famous for playing with boobs. Yeah. Wow. That guy had to be considered a creep in his day. 
It's like, excuse me, you want to do what to my wife? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, it's for science. <laughs> <laughs> it's for science. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, seriously, though, I've had some very close relatives suffer from breast cancer. and Wait a minute. You know. It's... Say it again one more time. He invented what? The pap smear. Oh, God, we're idiots. I guess, you know what, never mind. That is part of the pap smear. But Well, I don't think it's just... I mean, he invented that, but he's... He pioneered you see, uh, we are not early women. cancer detection, I guess just in general, from what I'm reading. Early so. detection for breast cancer. So I don't think we're too far off. Well, no, it is part of the pap smear, but I, I, I guess that's the, the easy part of the pap smear, checking the boobies. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Oh. I just been on google several times today and finally i was like all right what is this guy doing with the stethoscope thingy or not stethoscope what's that thing called microscope uh no i don't know what it's called but with the three heads that you turn and you magnifies it differently oh yeah that's a microscope yeah but that's not what they use for a pap smear no, but I'm saying that's the image Google has. Oh, yeah, that's because they can't use the uh, the little <laughs> lip spreader that they actually use in real life. <laughs> and every woman just turned us off. Bye-bye. Yep. It is uh, a yearly uncomfortable thing for women. Um, glad I'm a dude. So glad. But then we've got just as bad of a thing when we turn 50, I, I guess. Or some guys yeah. earlier than that, the old uh, slapping on the glove and bend over. Yep. I don't want to. Especially if both hands are on your shoulder. <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> kind of test are you getting done? <laughs> some freaky doctors in Detroit, bro. <laughs> Why do you think it's free? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Let me check your prostate. Oh, that's just wicked awesome. Wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And But, um, yeah, more power to that guy. He's dead. 136th birthday. It's, I think that's pretty cool that Google does that, though. You know, try to remember, uh, you know, famous people. Yeah. Or not so famous people, but things that they're famous for, things that we use every day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool because it it also it's a way of remembering and it's a way of educating. Because like, there's a lot of, I mean, most of the time I'm like, oh, what's that for? Yeah. And then I actually learn something that I didn't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. That's good. It's 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 just like uh, I heard this comedian. Uh, Dane Cook, who I'm not a big fan of, but he is a huge comedian. Uh, he talked about uh, his father, how every single day uh, his father would read the dictionary. And, you know, just the whole point was just try to learn a new word every day. And uh, his father was famous for it, you know, um, 
just the love of learning. I think we all should take a page out of that book. Even if it is just whatever Google's thing is, try to learn it and memorize it and remember it for later. If for nothing else is a good conversation starter at a cocktail party if you're kind of nervous about meeting people. Like, hey, by the way, did you know this guy, Georgius Bogumbla, invented the pap smear? Hi, my name is Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poor, bro. I don't go to cocktail parties. <laughs> I don't go to them either anymore, but we used to go to quite a few of them. So I'm just kidding. You know, I own a tux. I bought a tux really? while Jenna and I were dating because she kept going to these black tie affairs and, invite, and you know, she invited me. And it was like, okay, yeah, I'll go with you. Um hang out with your friends and blah, 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 meet some new people. And I did that. And it was like, okay, we're going to go to another one. Oh, okay. Then we're going to go to another one. Oh, and then we're going to go to this fundraiser. And it was like, you know what? It'd be cheaper to just buy a tux. And I've got good use out of it before I got fat. It was awesome. Mm, all that beer. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, my goal, let it be known, my goal is to drink all the beer in my mini fridge. That way, I'm out of it and I won't buy any more, <laughs> and I'll go back to no beer. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good goal, I guess. <laughs> you almost made me spit out my beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell. Well, wait. So, how much beer is left in said mini fridge? Um, I've got about a six pack worth. Let's see. I'll, well, hell, you can kill that tonight. Well, I'll drink two tonight. I have decreased my beer intake. Well, I did just about a month without beer at all and lost 10 pounds, which was, which felt good. <coughs> um, but then I don't know what happened to cause me to buy beer again, but it was something and I bought too much like I always do. <laughs> and um, I wasn't drinking it as heavily as I, you know, used to drink it. So I still have a lot left over from whatever occasion it was that I bought beer. And then I bought some more. <laughs> was, <laughs> to say the least, it was a slippery. And I was driving by this store and they had a sale. And I was like, well, I mean, that's a good price. Well, you know what? Fuck Facebook. Because the part of the problem is that I'm on all of these bourbon and scotch and, and beer clubs and Facebook. Because I there's nothing else to go on there for that doesn't interest me. The people don't interest me. Just the beer. Um. And then they'll announce, you know, like founders will announce, hey, you know, we got a new beer coming out. Try it out. And because I love founders, it's my favorite beer company. I'm going to go buy it. I got to support my peeps. You know what I'm saying? I do enjoy good founders. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And last night we were hanging out with family. I had a Bell's official. That was really good. Hmm. A new a new beer from Bells. Bells in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Number two beer company in the US, baby. Dude. 
Bells puts out Two Hearted, which I entirely love. Yeah. And also Bells Oberon, which I can't remember which one. I think one is number two and one is the number three beer in the country. I think Oberon is Oberon the number is three. Oberon is number two. Say it again. Uh, at least when I was in Detroit, Oberon was number dose. Yeah, well, it probably still is. Because not too many people know about the whole Two-Hearted. Right. Which, is Oberon an IPA? Oberon is... Um, yeah. But it's a, I'm not it's too a fruity. Sure, to be honest with you. It's a fruity IPA. Here. So I've got this app called Untapped, and if you're on it and you want to friend me, you go right ahead and you do that. I accept friend requests on Untapped more than I do on Facebook. But um, uh, it's a pale wheat is what it is. A pale wheat. But not necessarily an IPA. And I don't know the difference between an IPA and a pale wheat. So, don't ask. Well, the first thing I would think is there's no wheat in an IPA. but <laughs> It's probably got to do with alcohol content by volume as well. Maybe. See, you're smarter than me. You know what you're Nope, just on their website. Oh. <laughs> See how fast Google answers all questions. But I do know IPAs have... Generally, uh, more alcohol content, which is why they're always. If you go out somewhere, they serve them in these little pussy glasses. Yeah, that you feel like you should lift your pinky, and then you're like, "Why am I lifting my pinky?" Because it's a pint glass. Yeah. So yeah, it's all good. Hey, I noticed uh, for the, for those that don't know, uh, Sean and I do a a Google Hangout when we record these now. So I noticed that you, one, you have on a different wedding ring today than you did the last time we recorded. Uh, I'll explain that. I noticed that. So my original wedding band is wood. (laughs) You said wood. (laughs) With tungsten wrapped around the outside. It's very shiny. So, can you see it? There you go. Yeah, I see it. It's very shiny. Well, then I also have a, not a Quelo, but a knockoff Quelo. Quelo? Those rubber, whatever they are, silicone. Sure. Bands that I wear on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I work at a coffee shop and they get espresso and milk. And all kinds of syrups all over my hands, and I don't want to screw up my nice ring. Yeah. Or, like, if I'm going to mow, or I'm going to build something, okay. or, you know, whatever, I'm going to change my ring. So, that's why you saw me in a different ring. I see. Weren't those, like, designed for those that work out, though? Uh, I think so, and for, like, military. Yeah. I could be wrong, but yeah, I don't know about the second one, but I'm pretty sure I do love the workout jab because I definitely do not work out. Yeah, yeah, it was a jab, <laughs> but yeah, it took a little longer than. Eh. And then you also have on a bracelet. 
I do. I have four bracelets on. Paravita.com. Yes. If you want a discount, you can put in my promo code S E A N L U N T two zero at checkout and get your twenty percent off. Bitches. S E A N L U N T twenty for twenty percent off at checkout. I read your promo. I didn't record it, but I read it. Yeah. And I read it. And I read it. And I read it. And I was like, oh. so you don't like it? No, I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's straight off of their like shit, so it's not even my verbiage. Yeah, we might need to put your verbiage in there because <clears throat> that copy is terrible. Uh, I mean, we can, but I got to tell you, it's me like, yo, motherfucker, <laughs> you like bracelets, bitch? <laughs> then I got a motherfucking deal for your ass. You need to listen. Yeah. PuraVitaBracelets.com So, I want to talk about... Actually, honestly, on that topic, before you get on something I else... I wasn't. I was going to stay on that It topic. is a little funny that I am a rep for PuraVita because I'm this fat, hairy, white guy... Perfect. ...that is not dainty by any means. Like, I'm a big dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... When you go, if like, seriously, if you're listening to this and you've never checked them out, just go on their Instagram page. And so it's P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A bracelets, right? Just look them up on Instagram. And it's going to be these like mid-20s, skinny as fuck, got the bronze look going and the hair did up right and they're in their booty shorts or they're like half naked and they got their little cute thing going on like that's totally their brand so but i love pure vita because i literally don't take the bracelets off until i change them out i just i don't know what it is i don't like jewelry i don't like watches they're bulky i'm hot natured i'm big i don't like stuff in my way yeah baby um Dude, this is a perfect promo for it, actually. That just, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't even trying I to. thought I'd give you a but softball. But seriously, anyway, and, uh, the, the point of what I'm trying to get at is, like, I am definitely not their demographic. Yeah. So the fact that they, like, allowed me to be a rep for them is just, it baffles me. Because it's like, good thing you didn't see me. Because you'd have been like, nah, bitch. You ain't selling our shit. <laughs> but uh, I do, man. And I like selling. It's, you know, it's a product I like. Uh, I've got my mom in it. I've got my, uh, my stepmom. Good Lord. My mother-in-law, uh, my wife, my friends. Like, I just, I don't know. I like it. So I love telling people about it. Yeah. Are you looking it up right of now? Of course I am. Why wouldn't I? So what do you see? These hot little oh, skinny ass, oh, dude, hot little blondes and and laying uh, on a beach in a bathing suit, like ah, Paravita. Hot little blondes and um, bathing suits and little flower necklaces. It's like it's all about. I should do a spoof. I should get like a bikini, <laughs> go lay yeah, on yeah, the grass should. in my yard, just put tons of Paravita bracelets on my wrist yeah, and be like, yeah, you should Paravita. Yep. But yeah, a bunch of different braces, braces, bracelets, braces, and rings, um, and it's all types of stuff. And it's got this whole island feel to it, you know. 
but it, it's all chicks. There's no dudes at all. Well, the cool thing is, is so do you know how the company started? Um, I want to say yes, but I'd be lying. Well, basically, these two friends from Cali went on vacation in Costa Rica. They bought a few of these bracelets mm -hmm. from local artists. They call them artisans now because that's what they do. Sure. And they basically gave them to their friends, and their friends were like, oh, my God, I want more. These are fucking awesome. And that spurred like a, huh, well, let's go back and see if we can buy more and, like, you know. It, it created this whole thing. So now they're kind of like a Tom's, if you know what Tom's shoes are. Yes. Where, like, you know, they <clears throat> basically help provide jobs and income for artisans at this point all across the world, not just in Costa Rica. So, yeah. If you're wanting to look good and do good, there you go. Yeah. They say they give millions back every year. Um, Dude, I don't doubt it because, I mean, so their bracelets aren't even, like, super expensive either. I mean, you can spend, if you catch them on sale anywhere from 4 to, like, 25 bucks for a bracelet, I mean, yeah. that's, you know. Millions to charity through products that give back. You, yeah, you really can't beat that. I, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, well, that's kind of how I got into Pura Vida was because the whole... My friends uh, had a miscarriage before we did, actually several years before we did, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know, man, I, I, I don't remember now how I found it, but they had a, a baby loss prevention, so I bought like a handful so that I could wear it and I could send them to them to wear it, and it's a conversation starter, man, it's kind of cool. It is. Plus, they give back, you know, 10% goes to a charity, and... Anyway, now that we've given them like a five-minute promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, giving you a promo too. So that's Pura Vida, P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A dot com. And for 20% off, use Sean's promo code, SeanLunt20. That's S-E-A-N-L-U-N-T 20. And get 20% off your first order. Why well, in your... 25th order. Oh, every order that with that same promo code, really? Yeah, you just can't combine it. So sometimes they do like pretty cool stuff where it's like 30 to 40% off. Yeah. So you couldn't double it up, but Oh, I see. I see. But still, I can dig it, dude. That's uh I don't wear bracelets. But um I wear an Apple Watch. <laughs> what is sure. worth? <laughs> That's about all I can do. But um, yeah, anyway, that's cool. Um, yeah, I like it. What was I about to say though before you went off of that? Well, we were gonna talk about feelings. I don't know if I had to do anything with that. Um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I was gonna. So I I, I mentioned your promo, and um, you know, for Mother's Day, part of a Mother's Day thing. I think we talked about it was that I was going to take my mom to the cigar bar. And so yeah, yeah. while I was there, while we were there, you know, I'm talking and I, this is a, the same cigar bar that I go to all the time. And my wife would say that I'm there probably a hundred times more than I actually say that I'm there. 
<laughs> and I'm telling the truth, she's not. Uh, she exaggerates a little bit. Uh, but, um, of course, I know all the bartenders uh, and know all the managers. and I know everybody that comes in there because I'm there enough. Um, and, but this guy and this gal comes in. They're a little bit older. I don't know who they are. But I'm talking to my mom, talking to a couple buddies, talking to the bartenders. And the dude turns around. He says, dude, are you in radio? I said, no, I'm not in radio. <laughs> I said, I would love to be, but no, I'm not. And um, I said, you know, I've done a lot of stuff for free for people, for friends, for businesses, you know, trying to break my way into the whole voiceover industry. Um, but to no avail. So I've, I've not. I've made a little bit of money. That word. A little bit of money. Not much. I think I've, after all this time that I've been doing it for over 10 years, I've uh, gotten back my cost of entry. But, um, no. So I design cars for a living for uh, Suzuki. So, because voiceovers is just <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make me any money. Um, and he was like, dude, you need to be in radio. You have one of those voices that uh, they're just very easy to listen to. That's what he's telling me. So he's all hyping me up and I'm feeling all good. Like, dude, it's so good to hear that. You know, I appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. And um, then my mom starts talking. She's like, yeah, it's the only thing he's ever wanted to do is uh, use his voice. And I got to thinking and and. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit more. I talked to you about this before this incident even happened. About how, you know, I I just really, really want to get busy with, you know, HotMikeCity.com and, and really do voiceovers. Um, yeah. But I have to, like, eliminate all of my other extracurricular things so that I can focus on it i.e. my my blog just drop my blog so that I can focus more on uh, Hot Mike City and um, of course that brought up a whole bunch of emotions uh, dropping that blog that I pretty much had already dropped anyway right I hadn't done anything especially since we started this podcast I hadn't touched my blog at all because I've been you know, pretty much full throttle with you and this. That's, that's that's what she said. That's not the reason for me, you know, not focusing on the blog, but you know, it's part of the story. Um, but it brought up a bunch of emotions, man, because I don't know. I, I think I kind of felt, felt like I've been in like a grieving phase. Um, kind of like, just like, uh, Emotions over accepting the fact that, you know, so my blog is shit. It's done. I've shut it down. I've, I've officially shut it down. And, yeah. um, and that we're not in full-time ministry, you know, at a church. <clears throat> those thoughts started coming back to me and those feelings started coming back to me. And, um, and I'm just like, dude, you know what? 
I kind of feel like over the past few years with so much transitioning that has happened, you know, getting married, buying this house, Micah getting older, getting involved in different stuff, that I've kind of like ignored a bunch of emotions and didn't really allow myself to to feel it, even though I thought that I was doing that, even though I thought I was allowing myself to to feel, I was processing mentally right. and logically, you know, and so logically I'm accepting stuff like, yeah, um, you're not going to be a pastor. Like, it's not going to happen. You're not doing it. Um, and you're not going to do this blog. And everything that I wanted the blog to do, like I wanted to start a podcast for the blog um, to really focus on churches and pastors and ministers and helping them come into the 21st century, if you will, and um, kind of rethink the way that we do church and ministry. Um, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it in the avenue or in the lane that I initially thought that I would. I think we can still do it a little bit with this podcast, but it won't happen in the way that I thought it was going to happen. Right. And so kind of like just the loss of one identity, if you will, and accepting who I am and where I am and kind of like refocusing on what I love, which is this right here. And, I'm, and for those that are listening, I'm pointing to my microphone. This is what I love. This right here, talking with you, doing a podcast, using my voice. This is what I love. This is what excites me when I get up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? It, it, when, you, when you say, hey, uh, do you want to record today? Any random day, hey, do you want to record? Dude, I, I get excited. Because it's so passionate for me. It's so... But all of that, you know, to be said, I I don't know that I actually allowed myself to feel the loss of my plans of what I had for myself before we started doing this and before I refocused on this microphone. And it just got me to thinking because I was listening to some podcasts this week. And I'm just like, and and people were talking about emotions and talking about the last time they had a really, really good cry. And it dawned on me, like, it's been years, bro, years since I've had a really, really good cry. It's been years since the time that I actually focused on something that I've given up or something that I've lost or, you know, something that that failed and really allowed myself to feel the weight of it to the point where I have one of those ugly cries where I, I can't keep the tears off my face. My my mouth is shaking. I'm shivering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's been it's been too long since I've had a release like that. And I just wanted to explore it with you. Like, I mean, with the premise that I gave to the the preview that I've given you and how I'm feeling about it right now, like they're really, really deep emotions. 
is their deep emotions that that run deep because of something I believed that didn't end up coming true and something that I really had confidence in that was ultimately a failure. And I don't mind calling it a failure. It was a failure. It wasn't a success. It means it was a failure. I, I haven't allowed myself to embrace it in such a way that I really have a full release of emotions. Hmm. So that was like very naked bearing my soul there, but sure. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack and I've been but, unpacking it for years and it's still not done being unpacked. Sure. And I feel like my barrier to emptiness is a full release of my emotions. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, well, I mean, what do you think? I'm, I'm no counselor by any means. I have no degree. I've never studied counseling other than, I mean, I'm not even going to say a minute part. I'm just, gonna say yeah i've never studied it and i'm you know i psychology is intriguing to me but i dude the way that we process stuff as human beings is crazy and it's all i feel like it's individual but it's not at the same time if that makes any sense but sure i do know from personal experience i am i am someone who I'm very good at suppressing and compartmentalizing and shoving things down. Sure. And I don't know if it's like, oh, I'll deal with it later, or I don't have time, or if it's just, well, I don't want to. But that's what I've always done. And, I mean, that's kind of changed for me just through series of events that happened in life even recently. And, you know, that's kind of crazy, which I'll talk about in a minute if you want. But I think, like, you know when you watch, like, TV and you see, like, actors react to situations that are traumatic or heavy or they just, it's sad or, you know, or they're, or they're super angry. And they just, like, the actors just, boom, there it is. There's this explosion of emotion, and they're either weeping to the point of, like, they're shaking and they're trembling, and they're so vulnerable and naked in that moment. Not physically naked, but just, like, they're invoking this, like, I'm completely shredded, here I am, I have nothing, I don't know what to fucking do. Or when you get someone who's so pissed off and full of rage that they just, like, they lose it and they go ape shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. He he met his point. Well, for me, over the years, I've never been able to do that. And I don't know if most people can or if most people do. I'm just speaking from my point of view. Like, I'm not the person to just react to things. Yeah. Typically. I usually suppress it or 
I try to control what's going on so that I don't just react and make things worse. Or I'm trying to be strong for others around me or in the situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been my reaction to like stuff in general. And I don't think it's necessarily good, but I also don't think it's necessarily bad. Because if everyone's running around in chaos or when chaos happens or something traumatic happens or hurtful or, you know, quote unquote bad, then nothing's going to get done. We're all just going to be like, ah, oh my God. Ah. So someone's got to have their head on their shoulders, you know? For sure. <laughs> and that's always been my outlook. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying because I've always had hard time showing emotion and dealing with and dealing with things in the moment and how I probably should, because I feel like, like until you really release the emotions that are inside of you and that's going to probably look different than it will for me or for Susie Q or for your wife or for my wife or for my mom or for your dad or blah, 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 blah. Cause we're all individuals, right? Yep. But until you release that somehow and you deal with it and you're just literally open to allowing whatever to happen because you're just saying, I'm going to go through this right now and I'm going to feel every little molecule of whatever emotion I'm feeling and I'm going to let it happen. I'm not sure that you fully can go on, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. But again, I'm not sitting here trying to be all like counselor guy because, you know, I don't know, but I think there's some truth in there. And I'm also not sitting here telling you how to do that because I have no fucking clue. (laughs) No. But I, you know, I do think it's interesting that you're, you're aware of it now and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Yeah. But also, just like with addicts, like unless you admit, you can't conquer. You can't go on from that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I do. And I'm not trying to, you know, parallel you or me to an addict. I'm just saying, like, there's something in accepting and acknowledging and then going through said thing. Yeah. And that's my point of view. Yeah. No, I I agree with you 100%. I I know that there, there's a process when it comes down to grieving or getting over something. You know, I guess the technical term would be grieving, and and everybody grieves differently. Um, yeah, I've just I've practiced over the years a lot of self awareness and introspection, and I'm the same as you, dude. I've stuffed. You know, uh, it'll, I'll let something come up for a minute and try to process and deal with deal with it, starting with my actions like, OK, this is how you responded, you idiot. Why did you respond that way? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And, and I'll take I'll go through that conversation um, uh, by myself, you know, and I can do it very fast because I've done counseling enough and helped enough people to where 
I know when a person is stuffing something or when they're not, when they're dealing with it or when they're not. So I'm aware of it in myself as well. I can look in the mirror and look at my face and like, you fucker, you stuffed it again. You know, you idiot, you didn't, you know, you weren't being honest. You weren't being honest with yourself. You weren't being honest with your wife. You you weren't being honest with, you know, whoever. And I don't know, I think, so let me just back up a second. So when I started that blog, before I started that blog, um, I was still working on my, my doctor degree. And as I was going through that process, again, we were heading towards, you know, uh, pastoring and, and succeeding, you know, in the, in the church that we were in. And I really started it, you know, wanting it to kind of be an asset to ministry and what we were doing and what we were planning to do in the church. And, um, and then when shit started hitting the fan and the conflict started and it looked and it got to that point where we're, it was a for sure thing that we weren't going to be taking over that church. All of that emotional crap turmoil that we were going through really, um, affected me in such a way that I couldn't focus on the blog because I was so focused on the family issues that were going on and the uh, conflicts that we were having in ministry with other leaders. So all of that happening going on together is what really stopped me from focusing on the blog. And then after we ended up leaving the church, it was like, okay, um, dude, this blog isn't going to work for you. In my mind, I'm like, this blog isn't going to work the way that I intended it to if I'm not in the church. And so I kind of dropped it. And then I tried to pick it back up again, spent some more money, tried to pick it back up again and started for a little bit. And then once again, got discouraged. Like, come on, you know, this isn't going to work. You're no longer part of this church. You no longer have this base that you can really talk to like this is this is over but I ignored that that feeling again and was like you know what I'm going to keep on pressing ultimately at the end it was like you know what forget it it's not going to work um and so all of those emotions entwined together was just like compounding on each other like a freaking avalanche to the extent that Um, I got so depressed and so heavy over it, I gave up and then became numb to where I didn't process. I processed bits and pieces of it, but not the whole thing, you know, and I, and I kind of feel like, um, I kind of feel like now is the time now that I've completely shut down the blog officially and like really listen to my heart and listen to what's in my head. I've shut it down completely. I felt like that was the first step to actually revisiting those old emotions and actually dealing with them in a very healthy way. So everything came up again and everything has been coming up for the last couple of weeks 
in bits and pieces. It's like uh, it's like when you take a really really good shit, right? You flush, you fill the bowl, you flush the toilet, and you get ready to walk away. But then all of a sudden, you see that the water's not coming back up. <laughs> the water's not coming yeah. back up. And then you get the plunger. And you know what happens when you get the plunger? You start working. A little bit of water comes up. And then a little turd comes up. And you plunge some more. And another turd comes up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like that. I got another analogy that's just as bad. It's like you're walking around in the backyard, picking up all the dog shit, and you think that you got it all, and you turn around to go to the trash can, and you step in a pie. <laughs> That's how it's been. It's like, dude, I, I feel like I've just gotten far enough away from this, and then as soon as I turn around, boom, it hits me. And the only reason for that is that it's not dealt with. So, I don't know, bro. I, I feel like I really I need a really good cry. I need to freaking get my journal out and write down a bunch of thoughts and feelings and allow myself to feel them and have myself a good old-fashioned 1950s cry. Yeah. You know. So. Well, what's that? <clears throat> is it a saying or is it scripture? At this point, I'm, I honestly don't remember. So forgive me, but. You know the old saying, whatever goes in the well comes out in the bucket. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think that's scripture, but. That's not scripture, but there's there's something in scripture that's basically super similar. Oh. And, um, I mean, the whole premise is what's ever inside is going to come out at some point. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So, if you're like you and I, at some point, the stuff we suppress is coming out. No doubt. Could be five minutes, five days, five years, 50 years, but at some point, the shit's going to come out. Yeah. And I think it takes a toll the longer you keep it in. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt, bro. No doubt. And as a Christian, I mean, that's not what God wants for you, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course not. Like he, I mean, he literally said, come to me, you with a heavy burden. Yep. I'll take it from you. Yeah, I'll give you rest. Yeah. So in that, he's saying, hey, come to me, you weary and heavy burdened. I will, I'll help you. I'll take off your chains. I'll take off your yoke. Like, I'll free you from the bondage that you have of this thing that you're suppressing, that you're pushing down. Like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> and here I am as a Christ follower, and I still suppress, and I still, you know, do that thing. And I carry these burdens, and I personally, 
even with my relationship that I have with Christ, <clears throat> pardon me, I don't know how to fully get over certain things. Like I said, I'd probably talk about it later, and later just came. So Later's here. Like, when we went through, I know I've talked about this now, like, on every podcast, no. four episodes back now. It but, hasn't been every podcast. Oh, yeah. Like, when we went through our miscarriage, I suppressed a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I just did. One was because I had to to get through the day because of the things that happened. And if you don't know about that, I'm not getting into it. We have a whole podcast about it. You can check that out on your own. But <clears throat> suppressing these things that today I had a conversation with my wife and I, I mean, secret time. Holy fuck. Oh boy. I don't know how to deal with this shit, but like it's real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have so much anger and so much confusion and so much like pain that I've not dealt with. Like, dude, I was telling you earlier before we started recording I can watch a TV show <clears throat> or hear someone tell a story about, you know, X, Y, or Z, and I'm just, like, sobbing like a fucking kid. And I'm sitting over here trying to not sob because I'm like, I can't show weakness. Like, what? what's wrong with me? Yeah, it must be weird. Macho, <clears throat> macho, man. Dude, I never used to be that way. Yeah. I mean, if we turn on This Is Us... I'm fucking done for, bro. Something's going to happen, and I'm going to be over there like, it's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> oh, my God. Why am I uh, crying? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that's not me, or that used to never be me. But then something happened that was, like, so fucked up that, like, I have no answers for, and blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like... I'm this guy who knows how to suppress, but at certain times it's like, like a, almost like a little volcano and it's like, nope, you can't hold that down anymore. Here you go. Or like, I don't know. I find myself being like, oh man, that's a really tender moment. That's really cool. Yeah. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, who the fuck am I right now? (laughs) And I'm saying this to say, I don't have any, anything figured out here. I, I, I have more questions than I do answers for sure. But there's something going on in me. And the things over the years that I've suppressed, on top of the things that have happened to me recently, then you add on other things and it's just like a fucking geyser, man. You know, it's like you've you've met your max here and you're going to blow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... Even in that, I don't know how, this is going to sound super gay and sexual, but I don't know how to blow. I don't know how to let that volcano out. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know how to deal with my shit. And like, that's weird. And that's, that's hard to admit, especially to like, whoever the fuck's listening to this shit. Like, you know, I talked to to my wife about this. I don't tell whoever's listening to a fucking podcast about it. Sure. But you know, just, I want people to know, like, we're real. Very real. And this is us uh, being intimate right uh, now to a certain degree and just being real because it's great that you can interview celebrities and talk to these people about that and get this doctor on. But 
What do everyday fucking shit people have to say about things? I'm an everyday shit person. The only person who doesn't think that is Laurel, who's the president of our fan club. <laughs> and that's because she has some <laughs> weird version of reality in her brain. But, like, we're just real people. Poor Judge Akira. And, like, <laughs> dude, I feel for you because I'm looking for the same answers. You know what I mean? Like, it's the strangest thing to push things down for years and then certain things happen and it makes you think like, huh? Yeah. So now how do I, how do I deal with this? Like what's, am I, and honestly, am I going to allow myself to deal with it now? You know? Well, that's and the I thing. Think there's, dude. You, you, it's hard to allow yourself to do it because nobody wants to feel vulnerable and men are so uh, experts at compartmentalizing, you know, I've talked about this book before. Men are like waffles and women are like spaghettis <laughs> yeah. or spaghetti, not plural spaghettis, you know, for women, everything is, you know, and the 80, 20 rule applies, right? 80% of men, 20% of men, 80% of women, 20% of women, whatever. Um, or 80% of men, 20% of women, that type of deal. I'm lost. 80% mm. of, oh, when you're talking in generalities, you, you got to kind of establish the fact that not all men are the same. Sure. But it's some pretty safe dick, to say. Small. I get it. What? Huh? What'd you say? <laughs> what did you say? Shut up. So... <laughs> So when you're speaking in generalities, it's pretty safe to say 80% of men, 20% of women. Because 80% of men feel this way, probably 20% of women would agree. 80% of women will feel this way, and 20% of men would agree. So men being like waffles, probably 80% of men out there are experts at compartmentalizing, and you probably got 20% of women that are also able to do the same thing. Um, and 80% of I women really like spaghetti. I really want a waffle right now. What? I really want a waffle right yeah. now with some peanut butter and syrup. Oh, my God. Some fried chicken on top. Yeah. This is me suppressing my feelings, by the way. <laughs> so uh, it's easy to compartmentalize and very difficult for a man to allow himself to feel. But it's something that I find is it becomes easier with practice. You know, we've all had traumatic things that have happened in our lives. And, you know, they say time heals all wounds. Part of that is true. But I don't care how much time has passed. If you continue to suppress and, and shove it down, you're going to have a very, very long road to getting over how you feel and being able to be a productive member of your community. So I know that. And, or of your family, your friends. Yeah, well, that that make that's part of your community. Should be. Um. You know, I want to have a good time with my family and friends, and not be in the middle of a conversation, my mind being on my pain. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to be able to celebrate things with my friends and not be thinking about my own pain. And it's hard to do. It's not easy to do. 
at all. And I found myself over the last couple of weeks struggling with being able to be present because I'm, my mind is elsewhere thinking about my pain. And, um, well, do you care to elaborate a little bit on that? Well, like, what do you mean when you say thinking about your pain? Well, no more than what I've already said, you know, in that I've lost some things. And, you know. Yeah, I think I just, I want to go even, like, I want to be super literal. Oh, no, we're not doing that. Well, not with situations. I'm just saying, like, when you're sitting with friends, let's say, like, what do you find yourself thinking about? Instead of what's going on in the environment you're in. Okay. There's been there's there's been times I'm sitting down having a cigar at the bar. Everybody else around me is having a good time. And I'm thinking about the fact that it's a Sunday morning. I'm sitting at the bar having a cigar and everybody else is at church. Right. And I'm thinking about, dude, if I was at church right now, I'd, I'd probably be preaching right around this time. And that's a hard thing, dude. Like, I'm trying to enjoy a cigar. Like, this is my time to decompress. I got to go to work on Monday morning. I got a meeting at 8 o'clock. I'm not thinking about anything I got to do on Monday, <clears throat> on Monday morning. I'm looking at the clock lighting my first cigar and I'm thinking to myself, Hmm, you know, everybody else is laughing, having a good time. There's soccer on the TV or something like that, or a baseball game on. And I'm thinking about the fact that I'm not up teaching in the pulpit. Was that literal enough? (laughs) It was. Yeah. You know, so I'm still, in that process, it's been four years now, I'm, uh, or three years now, I'm still in that process of, you know, kind of processing these things as they show up, because I don't know when they're going to show up, you know, it's a very inopportune time while I'm sitting there lighting a cigar and ordering a glass of scotch at noon on a Sunday. You know, it's a very inopportune time and it's not a time to deal with my emotions about the situation. So what do I do? I stuff it. And that's just how it goes. So we compartmentalize and. And then what I do is. Later on, I come home, chilling out with the wife. We might go out to eat. We might sit down to a show. I might start barbecuing. I might light another cigar. We might be sitting outside. Whatever. Neighbors might come over. We're chilling, hanging out. And life continues on. And I don't remember to pick it back up to process how I was feeling while I was sitting at the bar. You know, it just happens that way. Yeah, you know, and 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 believe me, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just telling you this. This is what's been on my head, you know, the last couple of weeks, and um, 
And as situations come up like that, I try to process it on the fly. But at the end of the day, I still feel like I probably need a very, very good cry. Dropping the ball, homie. Well, first off, I think it's cool that you're talking about it because most people don't. <clears throat> yeah. Especially on like this type of platform. People want to be entertained. People want to, you know, learn something. They want to, they want to laugh. It, it's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But to come on a podcast and bear the things that you're bearing, I think it's fucking awesome. Well, that being said, it's our podcast, um, so <laughs> <laughs> we can talk. Whatever, we'll talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Of course, but that doesn't mean people do, and that's sure. my point. No, I get it. So it's cool that you are, and that we are together. But as far as needing a good cry, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I do know this, like. I almost feel like, well, fuck that. So, sorry, I'm editing in my head as I go. <laughs> here's here's what I want to say. Yeah. Before I I started talking to Brooke, like, and you know, we became a thing, and then got married. <clears throat> we used to like. So I met Brooke in Detroit for the first time ever face-to-face because I was living with her cousin yep, and her husband and four children. Some people would say I'm crazy. Paradise. I would say, fuck you. Don't <laughs> judge me. Um, and I love them. I love them all. Yeah. Anyway, my, well, now she literally is related to me, but I always considered this lady to be a sister to me and her husband to be a brother to me. Who is the family I lived with in Detroit? Blah, blah, blah. Well, her cousin was Brooke, and she was always saying for literally 10 years, you need to be my cousin Brooke, with that little twinkle wink in her eye. And I'm like, mm, oh, yeah. where does she live? Illinois? Fuck that. Which is funny now, because here I live in so ill, southern Illinois, the, with my wife, the things, who is Brooke, things we do and for who love. is this lady's cousin. Anyway, things happened. We interacted. We finally met. It didn't It didn't work out. You know, I was interested. She was interested. Come to find out later. But she was in a relationship. I just got out of a, an engagement. So there was some shit going on there. Anyway, it just wasn't the right timing, right? Yep. Well, fast forward several months, maybe a year even. I don't even know. Two years, something like that. I'm praying... God's dealing with me with certain things. I told you I've I've never been the one to process things, and I'm the one who buries shit. Well, I buried a lot of shit, and because of that, I could be super like, well, fuck you, I'm, you're dead to me. That's just it. You screw me over, I don't fuck you. You're dead. I don't have anything to do with you. You might as well die because I don't care about you. Well, that's what Brooke was to me, to be my wife right now. That's what she was to me. And <laughs> through whatever God was doing in me, one day I just said, you know what? Well, I didn't say, you know what, but 
basically, I realized I need to be more forgiving. I need to have more mercy. I need to try. You know, like, I need to show people the thing I don't want to give them because that's what Christ is to people. So let me try it. Reach out to Brooke. And that was hard for me. It might sound stupid to other people, but, like, reaching out to someone who I felt like didn't want anything to do with me or only wanted something from me but didn't want any like, didn't want to give anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just weird because both of you liked each other but didn't communicate it in such a way. Well, where it, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, she cute. But she's a B, so fuck her. <laughs> that girl fine. And seriously, that's how I felt. Yeah. And I can only say that because she knows that a hundred percent. So if she was sitting right next to me, she'd be like, Yep, he's told me, like, blah blah. I mean, obviously we know each other's story. <laughs> but anyway, my point in all this is like you know, I I started to to learn I like I started on this journey, let's put it that way, of learning grace and learning to give people second chances which again probably sounds super elementary to some people but honestly to others will sound like revolutionary because it's like oh my god i never do that and then out of this comes you know i'm married to her now <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and i love the shit out of her and that's always going to be a thing yep well at the same time you know, God was doing some stuff in me and I don't know, man. I was just, it started fucking me up, dude. Like I started having to deal with things differently. You know what I mean? And like, I started trying to deal with things differently. And then the miscarriage happened. And I feel like personally it put me not back, but it stopped me from giving a shit about any of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just interesting that when we're, when we're open to forgiveness or yeah, you know what? This thing happened. This person hurt me. This person said that this person did that. This person didn't do that. Sometimes it's what they don't do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm back at the point where I have to decide and I have to work through my own emotions if I'm going to allow myself to forgive or to love or just to not hate, which I guess is the opposite of love. So there you go. I don't know. Kind of losing myself in what I was saying, but like. No, or, or to just move on or to just move forward. Yeah, but without grudge, without hate, without sure. this weight. Because, like, honestly, if you think about it, hate is just a byproduct of hurt, right? They both start with an H, so I, I'd agree with that. Sure, but, like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't not like you until you do something that hurt me. Like this? Yeah, flicking me off. That really fucking hurts me, you little dick. <laughs> so fuck you. We're ending this podcast. I'm never talking to you again. Bye. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, when you get hurt, 
you either immediately forgive or you shut down and you say, fuck that asshole. Sure. And if you say, fuck that asshole, are you holding on to something that's literally going to eat at you because of one or two things that they did? Yeah, it's definitely not going to eat them up. It's mostly going to eat you. The the price that you pay for suppressing and for holding on to this shit is like now you find yourselves years yourself years later and you're like I can't cry when everyone else cries why can't I cry yeah or like oh man you know my wife is way better at X Y and Z showing love and I'm just like yeah I love you too but it doesn't affect me like that you know what I'm saying sure. And there's a whole lot of shit that we can debate that goes into that stuff. I'm not saying that, but overall, you know what I'm saying? Am I making sense? No, it makes Should sense to up? me. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. Uh, you know, because I, I can see where I can apply that. But so you're right. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of that's part of the whole process of grieving, right? You're gonna feel anger. You're gonna be in denial. You're gonna feel. Uh, you know, you're going to feel the hurt. You're going to think about it. You're going to process it. You're going to accept it. You're going to go backwards again. And you're going to feel the anger again. You're going to feel the pain again. It, it's all a... Here is my point. I'm totally cutting you off, but it just came back to me. Go for it. The whole thing with Brooke, like, because I said, well, fuck you, you only want something from me, and I'm done. Yeah. Until I allowed myself to open up to have a different perspective and to allow myself to be vulnerable and say, well, maybe there is more to this. Maybe I shouldn't be so cold, like out of my hurt, because I felt like you were using me when all the time you weren't. Then look what came of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But once you're hurt or once something happens to you and you shut down or you suppress and you learn how to do that and that becomes a habit until you're willing to literally open up and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to allow myself to feel this. I'm going to allow myself to think this. I'm going to allow myself to show this emotion in front of X, Y, or Z or everyone or on a podcast for this fucking sake. Like, until you can do that, I don't know, man. You're you're going to hold on to a lot of shit that you don't have to. Indeed. And as Christians, if we can get satisfyingly deep, not that I am. Go for it. But I'm looking for you to. Like, is that what God's called us to? I mean, how do we deal with that as a Christian? I think everything that you've already said, which is forgive, accept, move forward, uh, open up, allow yourself to feel. I think all of those things are key parts of, of getting over any negative emotion. It's, it's a major part of getting over any pain that you might be feeling is to be open. And probably the biggest key is to just be honest. Because without the honesty, there can be no vulnerability. There can be no no intimacy and no real step forward. 
it, it's going to take that honesty uh, and being open about it in order to allow yourself to, to, to feel and to overcome. You know, you can't just, you can't just adapt, you know, you, you can't just like take the punch and then move. You know, you're going to have to feel that punch. You're going to have to feel that blow and process it and really think about it and um, evaluate those emotions, accept the pain that has happened and then choose what it is that you want to believe after the fact you know your your what you think and what you believe is going to drive your emotions and so unless you're honest your thoughts and your belief system will never come to the forefront and if that never happens you're never able to correct it is that what you're trying to say <laughs> that's the way I that's the way I say it and that's the way that I think, I think we're on the same it. page here here's my question though yeah and this just kind of came to me like seasons so let's take trees for all of you southern people you don't know what the fuck I'm about to talk about oh unless you've read in a book or heard it from some northern person but in the winter <clears throat> well I should say fall fall happens and trees quote-unquote die they're not dead they're dormant right yep they know oh season's coming where it's gonna be fucking cold and the harsh elements are gonna come and if i don't hibernate and protect myself i will die yeah therefore i'm gonna let my leaves fall i'm gonna let my my branches go bare and i'm gonna cozy up for the winter and protect myself yep that way April showers bring May flowers. Here comes spring and Jesus is alive. So is the fucking tree. Now it can regrow again and get bigger and flourish and provide oxygen and do all the stuff it should be able to do. But in that time, there's a season of, no, I need to protect my core and I need to, I need to go in hibernation. I need to, you know, like a turtle, maybe, I don't know. Like, is that a thing? Because I, here's what I do know with Christianity, especially. Everything's always extreme and black and white, and there's no gray. And, you know, if you harbor any emotion that's negative, you need to kill it right there and move on and then be done. I don't think that's reality. It doesn't work that way. That's just not how humans work. Nope. And so I guess I'm trying to say, like, are there times where, you know what? I do need to close up. I do need to like protect myself, protect my family, protect my emotions, protect everything in me because the harsh elements are coming. And obviously this is an analogy, but like some shit's going on. I need to protect my core. And right now I need to be dormant. I need to be cold, hmm. you know? Like, is that a thing? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I, well, I, I think that... I would say it a different way. I, I really wouldn't ascribe to the self-protection aspect of it, but well, fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> I would state it more on the line. Excuse me, I'm belching while I'm trying to talk. I would. 
Nice. I would state it more along the lines of I'm all for that looking inward aspect of it, though. You know, while you're going into your core, that you are figuring some stuff out. You're thinking about how you feel and why you feel that way. Because our thoughts and our belief system drive our emotions. And our emotions will drive our behavior. So we need to start with our thought process. Because that's where our belief system comes from. It's all inside. So check your thoughts. Because they become what you, you say. And, and what you say. What goes in the well comes out in the bucket. Yeah. What goes down into the well comes out in the bucket. No doubt about it. So while you're looking inward, you need to check your belief system. And you need to try to come to a place where you can agree with God. At least this is the way that I do it. This is the way I've always I've learned to process things. I have to look inward and say, what are you believing about this situation or about these people? What are you thinking about them that's driving that belief system? And then I need to question, does that belief system line up with what God has to say? Because if it's just fuck them, fuck this, fuck that, blah, 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 obviously God is not going to agree with that. So, okay, you get God's opinion. God, what do you think about this? God, what do you think about this situation? What do you think about what's happened? What do you think about the people involved? And then you need to pray like crazy. God, I don't agree with you. But I'm not going to get over this unless I start agreeing with you. So, like the, like the man said to... Uh, to Jesus when his daughter was uh, possessed. You know, he went to Jesus and he said, look, I brought my daughter to your disciples and they couldn't help her. She's foaming at the mouth. She's fallen in the water. She's fallen in the fire like she's, she's possessed. Um, and they can't help her. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can help her? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right? So he was willing to take a step back and look at himself internally. Like, yeah, you know what? I, I think you can do anything, but I'm struggling with this right now because this is pretty painful and this is pretty traumatic. So, yeah, I think you can. I believe you can. But there's still a part of me that doesn't believe. So I need you to help my unbelief. I think it's the same way, and I think it's the same thing that's required when it comes down to getting over traumatic things. It's like, yeah, God, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. Um, this is what I think. This is what I'm believing. Do I believe you can change it? Yeah, but I need you to help my unbelief. Help me in this area because I'm weak or because I'm vulnerable or because... I'm scared, you know, or because I'm too hurt, because I'm too angry. I need you to help those things. Otherwise, I'm not going to overcome this. 
And that's where I'm at with this situation for me. I'm at that stage of, yeah, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's where I'm at. So when it comes down to hibernation, you know, the trees saying, you know what? All of my life power is in my leaves right now. I'm going to pull it from my leaves, let the leaves die. And I'm going to go down to my roots, to the center of everything that makes me alive. And I'm going to hibernate. But while I'm hibernating, I'm thinking and I'm praying, saying, this sucks. I can't wait for this season to be over. But until it is, I need you to make me stronger. I need you to change my, my mindset about this. My thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my, my belief system. I need all of that to be in check because the next season is coming and I want to be ready to let my life go right back out so that I can get these, these leaves growing again. I think that's what you're trying to say. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're going to have the worship team come up, and if you uh, feel like you need some prayer, we're going to have some ushers up here. <laughs> yeah. I believe all of that, bro. I do believe it, but I need God to help my unbelief. And, um, and like I said, just the last few events have really uh, rocked me and forced me to to look inward and to really uh start reevaluating some of my thoughts and actions and uh try to realign me in, in the right perspective and and really get me in the right direction of what I want to do you know and so just to bring it back full circle this podcast what we're doing me sitting in front of this microphone you sitting in front of yours this really is um important to me and feels right and feels like it's in the right direction and um and it's quite fulfilling for me and making the decision to cut the strings off of one cord to focus on another cord has um has really opened up a can of worms for me that I'm going to have to take some time and really uh fight my way through and process so, cheers to that. Salute. That's where I'm at, bro. And if I cry, I cry. And if I don't, I don't. You know, but... um Sure. I mean, yeah. That's not the ultimate determining factor of whether or not you're over <laughs> something, right? I hope not. No, it's not. Because I, I, I can't watch This Is Us. It's not. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to walk away when I see homegirl, you know, all upset and she eats a whole cake by herself. That doesn't do it for me, you know. But it's so emotional. <laughs> you know, God bless Jack, the war hero, and what he's done for that family. But it sounds uh, like you've been watching this. No, us. I have not. I've, I've sat at the bar in the basement. While Jenna's watched it, while Jenna's been watching it, I'll sit at the bar on my laptop or on my phone or tablet, whatever, and uh, I hear what's going on, 
but she's watched every single episode and I'm just not interested. So Well, that's okay. I did almost but, tear up a little bit at the bloody wedding for Game of Thrones. <laughs> when homeboy, you know, uh, when the Stark household really took a beating where the son died and then they stabbed the woman, his, his the wife. Queen. Yeah, and just, that was a little hard, but I still didn't cry. You didn't see it coming, though? No, I didn't see it coming. Hmm. Nope, I did not see it coming. But now I'm in Everyone season eight. I've been, seeing a, I've been seeing a lot of stuff coming in season eight. Everyone dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, everyone dies. So, Well, Michael, I'd love to keep talking, but I've been <clears throat> needing to go to the restroom for a minute. Yeah, me too. But before we hop off this junk, I definitely appreciate and I hope others appreciate your vulnerability and the conversation, man. I think it's uh it's been good, man. Yeah, and if nobody does, it's okay. It's the same conversation I would have had with you over the fire anyway. Yeah, fuck them assholes. Yep. <laughs> Just like when you finally started talking to Brooke. And we're sitting down at a fire trying to enjoy a good conversation between men. Oh, we're we're going to do this? And you're sitting there Snapchatting. We're going to do this? You're, <laughs> you're sitting there Snapchatting her the whole time. All <laughs> googly eyes and smile ear to ear. Mm, look at this girl right here. Like, who the hell is that? Dude, we're enjoying the fire. I know. But I just got a snap from Brooke. <laughs> like, Dude, if you don't go eat a bag of dicks, man. Trying to have man time right now. I wasn't room for man time, bro. Damn Snapchat. <clears throat> All right, keep up alive. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, I feel better. I get it off my chest. Thanks. Good therapy session, bro. Word. All right, y'all. Thank you, unchurched community, for your listening ears. For sure. We appreciate your attention. And hey, <clears throat> real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Just kidding. Real quick. Mm -hmm. If you're going through some shit and you're feeling the same way or you, you know, anything we were saying resonated slash pissed you off or whatever, hit us up. You know what I'm saying? Let's, we'd like to get a combo going. Love a conversation for sure. Puravida.com, P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A.com slash Sean Lunt 20, S-E-A-N-L-U-N-T, the number 20. It's actually puravitabracelets.com, but they'll find it regardless. Thanks, brah. Yeah, that's what I do. Promos for free. Hotmikecity.com, B. <laughs> All right, bro. All right, I'm out. All right. Peace. Hey everybody, it's Laurel, the self-appointed fan club president. You can visit Unchurched Podcast at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com or at Unchurched Pod on Twitter and Instagram. See you there.